Welcome to Top Shelf at the Merrick Library with your host, Carol Ann Tack. Welcome to Top Shelf at Merrick Library. I am your host, Carol Ann Tack, and I thank you all for joining me. To say that I am thrilled to host today's guest is an understatement because today's guest, Cheryl A. Head, is here for her brand new book, Time's Undoing, which among other things also happens to be an indie next pick for March. Our guest is a writer, a television producer, broadcast executive, media funder. She is the author of the award-winning Charlie Mack Motown Mysteries. And listeners, this is a must-read series. I mean, do it after the podcast, of course, but a must-read series. Do not pass go, do not collect, just go find that book. Cheryl Head is an Anthony Award nominee, two-time Lambda finalist, three-time Next Generation Indie Book Award finalist. The list of accolades goes on and on, which is why you can see that I am starstruck. She is a member of the Crime Writers of Color, Mystery Writers of America, Sisters in Crime, and is one of the BoucherCon Board of Directors. Her books are included in the Detroit Public Library's African American Book List, as well as the Special Collections of the Library of Michigan. And today, as I said, I am over the moon to be hosting Cheryl A. Head for her brand new book, Time's Undoing. Cheryl, I really cannot thank you enough for taking the time out of your incredibly busy schedule to join me at Merrick Library's Top Shelf Podcast. Oh, such a pleasure to be with you. I absolutely love librarians. And now that I've met you, Carol Ann, I love you. In particular, <laughs> any of those things can be turned into a ringtone. You need only ask. <laughs> and every time, yes, you'll hear it multiple times per day. I have been a fan of yours since my dear friend and fellow librarian Janet Schneider recommended the Charlie Mack series about four or five years ago. It is now one of my favorite series. And I admit to having a crush on Charlene, but I digress. When I began reading Times Undoing, I thought of that first book of the Charlie series, Bury Me When I'm Dead. And I thought with much trepidation, oh gosh, back to Birmingham we go. Mm -hmm. If you would, please tell listeners about Times Undoing. Yes, happy to. Uh, This is a book that's really a labor of love. It's uh, based on a personal family tragedy. Uh, My grandfather was killed by Birmingham, Alabama police in 1929. It was um, a story held in my family kind of through the oral history over the decades from my grandmother to my mother to me and my other siblings. We didn't have a lot of detail about uh, the homicide. Um, there, those were times during Jim Crow South that uh, black people didn't talk a lot about the police, certainly didn't accuse the police of any wrongdoing. And so there was a lot of fear from the Klan element in Birmingham and in St. Pete, where my family is from. But also there was really open knowledge that the Klan was also embedded in police forces. So, you know, it was a, a story held very close to the chest for a long, long time. I thought about writing it for decades, Carol Ann, talking to my mother about it. And um, it wasn't until George Floyd 
was killed in March of 2020 that I thought I must tell the story. I must put aside all my insecurities about it and all my uh, kind of daunting fear about not having enough detail and, and, and try to write this book. And so off I went, you know, Birmingham was always kind of stuck in my crawl. I think that's why I explored it a bit in Charlie, you know, it kind of haunts me. And um, I started off writing the book in anger, but resolved kind of my anger around the incident in my family was very, very cathartic for me to write Times Undoing. I am thrilled that it's here. I can't wait for readers to get it. It is an important, incredibly beautiful. I mean, it's a beautiful book. When I was done, I went back and read certain passages over again. It's very, um, it's, it's moving. It's upsetting. It's all the things at the very beginning, or maybe it's in the acknowledgments. Yes. Yeah. The dedication to Robert, yeah. to Robert Harrington. I never knew you until I did. And of yeah. course I didn't know what that meant at the time because I was right. an early reader, thankfully. Yeah. And then yeah. of course I get to the end of the book and I read yeah. 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 In homage to my grandfather, who, I, you know, Carol Ann, you know, I'm not a big woo woo person, but I felt often that my grandfather was helping me write this book, just kind of leading me in the right direction, putting was, clues in front of me. Was it hard or what, if you don't mind my asking, what was that yeah. like from your experience to write in his voice? Um, gratifying. I wrote those sections in 1929, almost very organically. You know, for the 2019 sections, I was really researching and prepping. I did research for 1929. I really wanted to immerse myself in what black life would have been like in those days, what Alabama was like, what Birmingham was, what the country was like. So I did research for those sections, but you know, it, I didn't sweat the writing. I just kind of sat down, grounded myself and started to pour the words on the page. It, it really felt like I was supposed to write this book. And it's interesting because when we read the opening of the book, and of course, knowing knowing you the way I know you and the way I read your books, it starts off yeah. almost exactly the same way with this cliffhanger, this page turner. You're gasping for breath. What's going to happen next? Yeah. You set that hook. Was that always going to be the opening of the book? <laughs> Well, what a great question. No, it was not. But the, the conversation with the publisher was we needed to ground this in crime fiction. And so I thought, and I, you know, it's interesting. I had a conversation too, fabulous conversation with the fabulous Roxanne Gay, who said this needs to be ground, grounded in crime fiction. And so I wanted to tease the story with that opening section and also be kind of in my grandfather's voice without giving too much away, just to center folks for what was to come. I hope it did that. Uh, for me, because I'm this obvious longtime fan, absolutely 100%. I did not know what to expect. I didn't read the reader's note. You guys uh, put together, yeah. team put together this reader's note. I didn't want to read any of that until the end of the book because I just... Oh, I, love, I love that. I love your kind of reader. <laughs> I wanted to be immersed. I wanted to just yeah. not have... I didn't want to lead the witness. I just sort of wanted to read what you were going to do on the page. And it, like I said, it is just... it's. It's beautiful. I really, I, I really think it's beautiful. I love what author Yasmin Ango says. She says, Time's Undoing is a story told in the most eloquent and gut-wrenching of ways, leaving me completely undone. And that's how I felt each time, each page. You know, you know how to build that. You're a pro. You're such a pro at, at building that suspense and, and also 
bringing a little of that romance. You know, we didn't even get to, which we will. You know, Megan and Darius, she's the other timeline piece of this. Talk right, about Megan right. a little bit, because I kept thinking yeah. she's going to run into Charlene somewhere. <laughs> I thought of that. Good idea. <laughs> I, my fingers crossed. <laughs> so, so Megan, you know, I, I wanted the protagonist in the contemporary setting to be someone young people could relate to, because I think it's important for young people to know some of this history about Black America. Um, and I, I, you know, she, someone asked me if she's like me. She's much more courageous than I am. <laughs> I'm running if I get into some of these situations. But she's uh, she is like me in the sense that she really puts her, her love into her work. She's a young journalist and she wants to be a good journalist. She doesn't want to be not taken seriously. She puts that in front of the romance, you know, in a lot of ways. She, her, her parents, you know, she's really grounded in privilege as a young African-American person in 2019. Two professional parents went to Stanford, kind of a black nerd, you know, that kind of thing. I wanted to really make her a complex and contemporary character, but I think she learns a lot about herself in this trip to Birmingham and in the investigation of her of her grand her great grandfather's death. And I, I like the relationship she has with her grandma. You know how she calls her grandma and they they banter back and forth. I, I wanted to be able to show folks black relationships. You know, both the contemporary ones and the historical ones. So it's not a despairing novel. There are moments where there certainly is sadness and, and, and despair. But I wanted to also show black joy and black love and black community and how important that is. It was wonderful to ride along with Megan McKenzie's timeline. You know, when we were, when I was with her, I didn't want to leave her. And then all of a sudden I was going back in time and I thought, Oh no, no, I'm wait, I'm not done yet. What's, what's she going to do now? Or are she going to the gym? Are they going out to dinner? And by the way, every time you wrote about food or dinner, wine, I was running to my kitchen and I didn't have nearly as much as those wonderful pages were. Carolyn, I can't help myself. You and you know you read Charlie Mack. Yeah. I don't care if it's the end of the world, they're gonna stop and have a snack or something. Constantly <laughs> eating. And I, I always think when I think of paper bags now, I think of Don Rutowski, you know, like wiping his mouth. And that's a spoiler. Sorry, people who read the Charlie Mack series, you'll find out what I'm talking He's about. He's one of my favorite characters to write. <laughs> He is one of my favorite characters to read. So please keep on doing that. That is amazing. But back to Megan, her growth over the time of the book, it's wonderful to see her blossoming and and changing and becoming, you know, I love that relationship that she has with Kristen at the library and and then Darius and then grandma. And there's all of these things that you do with her. Um, she is a further book unto herself. I'm just going to... Others have mentioned that. I'm thinking about a sequel. Yeah. I mean, I can't see... Uh, <laughs> listen, you before, okay. Listeners can't see me, but <laughs> I am raising my... <laughs> I'm raising my hand for that. So it again, it has the dual perspective. Was that hard for you? Well, actually, probably not, because you said that 1929 timeline was easy enough or, you yeah. know, quote unquote. Um, yeah. So that timeline comes first and then. Yes. Well, I'll tell you what was hard. Writing it was organic for 29 and a little tougher for the 2019. But because I'm not that age, so I'm going like to my beta readers. Do people say this? The kids do this thing. <laughs> but weaving them together in a logical way, in a way that would not take 
reader out of the story, but would enhance the story both chronologically and emotionally and thematically. That was tougher. And I had great work from a fabulous editor at Dutton Books who was gentle and reminding me, you know, that you led with this first and this and then this is different. <laughs> but that was hard work. It was like weaving together a puzzle in a way that was logical. Well done on both of you, because it is seamless. It really did. Thank but you. there's also Thank that tension and suspense that made me not want to leave 1929. But then I didn't want to leave Megan either. So I was sort yeah. of battling all of this. The book does deal with there's so many wonderful things. There's so much joy. But then there's also this incredible sadness and wrapped mm-hmm. around these contemporary issues. And there has been so much. I mean, anybody who opens the newspaper can right. see everything that's going on. Right. And I just listened to a podcast with Chris Hayes, and he hosted Mini Jean Brown Tricky. And oh. it is an amazing, it's a tremendous interview listening to her talk about her past while yes. I was reading Time's Undoing. So it, it, was, it yeah. was just a, a, a wonderful, and also what was in the paper last week, Bruce's Beach and everything that's going on. with Absolutely. It's, so I feel like the book is just coming out at a time where we needed desperately. Oh, that's kind of you to say. I, I remember last year, we, we knew it wouldn't be published to 2023. I was basically finished with it early last year. And I, I said, are we going to lose the timeliness of this story? And then I reminded myself discouragingly that, no, we're not, because there's always going to be another incident. You know, that unfortunately, there's always going to be another incidence of uh, this excessive force by law enforcement. And I want to say that I'm not anti-police. I I really do want our police departments to to have the respect that they deserve. It's hard work. Mm -hmm. My sister was a a police officer in Detroit a a long time ago. But I also think that we want to give our police uh, departments the tools they need to really elevate the really good police officers and get rid of the bad ones to give police officers the time they need for sabbatical and rest and restoration. And I'd like us to come back to the days where the protect and serve really is meant heartfelt. And (laughs) all of this that you just said, and then you think of the contemporary authors who are actually doing similar things, right? Wanda Morris is doing the same. Absolutely. You know, nothing has changed. Everything stays the same. Nothing has really changed very sadly, disconcertingly, uh, yes. Denny Bryce, Charmaine Wilkerson, yes, um, Sadiqa Johnson. Absolutely. Sadiqa's fabulous work. Yeah. All of this. And important for those stories to be told, don't you think? Yeah, Each absolutely. Of because I'm reading them. I'm sharing yeah. them with patrons. I'm interviewing these authors. Thank um, you for the it's, it's just got to get out there. Yeah, um, yeah. And speaking of getting things out there, with Time's Undoing, I understand yes. that urgent need to get everything out there. When you were writing, did you decide Time's Undoing was going to be the title or when did that show up? Yeah, it showed up in the writing and I, it was something that my my grandfather's voice or something. And I thought, well, that's the title. Like I started off with the title was Sexy Grandpa Story. <laughs> Working titles are good titles. <laughs> and then this one came to me and I plugged it in the top of the page. I went back and plugged it in the top and looked at it and I thought, I think this is right. But then the then the publisher said, you think the title's right? And I said, yeah, I absolutely do. I don't want to change it. 
So I think that was kismet. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of anything else. And then when you see this gorgeous cover and the title, it's just, by the way, this cover is... Man, I love that cover. I'm, you know, I know it's my baby, but I love it. <laughs> you have other... other yes. Yeah. The fine designers at Penguin Random House came up with many concepts. And then this final abstract concept of that profile. And I said, it's wonderful, but I need to see the grandpa section in there. And that's when we added that kind of bleed of his face in the cover. That's his actual face from a, from the one photograph I have of him. I, I have the chills. I am. Uh, <laughs> listeners will know that when I'm speechless, it's intense. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I'm a little emotional yeah. for that. Yeah. And I kept that photograph next to me when I was writing. I did not realize that. Wow. That's amazing. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing all of Thank that. You for that question, too. I mean, okay, so we're maybe thinking about doing something else with Megan. I love yeah. hearing all of that. I'm trying, <laughs> listeners know me, I'm trying not to say too much to avoid yeah. spoilers. When you yeah. started writing, did you know that this mystery crime was this where you wanted to be? Did you ever try something else, a different genre? Yeah. No, I always knew it's where I wanted to be because I love reading them. I love watching the British mysteries on TV. They relax me, for goodness sake. Yeah. <laughs> so when I wrote my first historical fiction, which was about Negro soldiers in World War II, it was such a hard piece of writing because I had to do so much research. I thought, I'm going to give myself a treat and write a mystery. And that's how I clipped off the first uh, Charlie Mag mystery in four months. I just, it was cathartic and wonderful and fun. And that ensemble that you have given that's us, what true. a gift. I mean, really, you have given us a gift. In I know all ways. these people. Yeah. I know all these people. <laughs> I like them. <laughs> so times undo, me too. Well, because now I'm just like, I'm not going to pressure you, but all right, TikTok, what's coming next? <laughs> times undoing hit shelves February 28th. Where is the best place that readers can find you to follow along with your events? Probably uh, Twitter. I'm on Twitter until it goes away at CHEADDC. <laughs> I'm on Facebook, uh, right with my name, Cheryl A. Head. I'm on Instagram at CHEADWrites. Easy to find me. And I, my website is CherylHead.com. Okay, great. Happy to talk to people there, too. I will put all of the links for that on the podcast page okay. for this episode. I do see that I have a couple of seconds. Any book recommendations you'd like to share? I do have one great book recommendation. Uh, it is called Shuttered, S-H-U-T-T-E-R, by Ramona Emerson, a young Native American writer. It is a lovely book, lovely language, a lovely premise. Her protagonist is a police photographer, and she solves a crime. Have you heard of it yet? Yeah, I've read it. It's, 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 it's gotten some accolades already. Fantastic. I yeah. Fantastic. I highly recommend it. Cheryl, before I let you go, anything yeah. you can share about what you might be working on next? I'm working on three things. I have another Charlie that I'm working on. Yay. Uh, I am working on just generally outlining what a um, sequel to Time's Undoing might be. And then the third piece I'm doing is really ambitious. Um, I want to write a Western that has as its protagonist a Black female Western writer who can go back in time and fix things. <laughs> I, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but that's what I'm working on. How I am not proposing marriage to you right now. I have no, <laughs> I have no idea. I am here for all those things, especially the Western. 
Excellent. I might call you about it. You can. And I listen, as you know, I, I stalk you a little bit on all the social medias because I am such a fan. That's amazing news. And yet, listeners, Cheryl A. Head continues to give us these gifts. So oh, thank you so much. I, thank Joanne. you so much. I wish you all the good luck with this book tour. It's going to be amazing for you. It is a gorgeous, gorgeous book. I cannot thank you enough for abiding all of my questions and my my exuberance. love. I love your exuberance. <laughs> this is why we have the show. This is why we have the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank I you am grateful. For having me. Enjoy your tour. Make sure you drink Thank plenty you. of water. Stay hydrated. I will. Thank you, dear. I appreciate that. And if you get a chance to to post pictures of any of the meals you're eating, you please feel free to share that with all of us. Especially you and my agent, yeah. who apparently were foodies. Oh my gosh. Oh, this has been amazing. Just amazing. Today's book, Time's Undoing by today's guest, Cheryl A. Head, hit shelves on February 28th. So please grab a copy at your local library or your local independent bookstore. Time's Undoing is published by Dutton Books and listeners. I thank all of you for joining me today. Remember to follow Top Shelf at Merrick Library on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you find most podcasts. For the latest and the greatest at the Merrick Library, check out our website at MerrickLibrary.com. Org. Special thanks to Merrick Library Director Dan Chusmere, Assistant Director Diane Bondi, and the Merrick Library Board of Directors for getting us off the ground and on to the airwaves. Until the next time, remember to keep us on your top shelf.